to Z Sports Prime Time on a Tuesday night from the Superbook Sports Studios. I'm your host, Buck Rising, and I'm proud, as always, to be presented to you by the aforementioned Superbook Sports. They will match your first bet up to $1,000 no matter if the bet wins or loses. All kinds of fantastic odds boosts and lines for every NFL game available right now in the Superbook Sports app. Two Rivers Ford, where you go for the best car buying experience humanly possible. Two Rivers Ford in Mount Juliet or online at tworiversford.com. And the Ashton Real Estate Group of REMAX Advantage, the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators, can be found at garyashton.com. Trust the team that your favorite teams trust with the Intel Edge, courtesy of Gary Ashton and his team. So, uh, a lot of roster cuts total in the in the last two days, 29 different moves. I will walk through each of them with you, and there are quite a few. So this includes things like Brett Kern and Adrian Colbert, which of course happened yesterday, but uh, the Titans did wave David Anini, the outside linebacker, Trenton Cannon, Adrian Colbert, Christian DeLauro, Des Fitzpatrick, Tyree Gillespie, Jack Gibbons, Cody Hollister, Hayden Howerton, Chris Jackson, Theo Jackson, one of uh, the Tennessee volunteers who was brought in as a part of this rookie class, Joe Jones, Brett Kern, Mason Kinsey, Greg Maben, Jalen McKenzie, J- Laurel Murchison, Xavier Newman-Johnson, Thomas Odukoya, o- 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 uh, the tight end. Sam uh, Sam O is just how I'm going to have to pronounce his last name. Uh, D- Jordan Peavy, Reggie Robertson, Jordan Ruse, Andrew Rupchick, uh, Trey Swilling, David Wells, Logan Woodside, Willie Wright, and waived injured Tommy Hudson. So that means a couple of things. That means that Julius Chestnut is on the roster, which is kind of nuts because um, that is five total backs, including the fullback, Tory Carter. Uh, and he is somebody, uh, he is somebody who is going to have to be a core special teamer for this roster. Otherwise I'm not sure that I understand what they're doing there. Now here's, here's what we say on the front end. And I think it's an important message, um, to kind of remind everybody of at this particular time of year, because there are a couple of things that, uh, can get lost in the shuffle. I think when you kind of go through. Uh, when you kind of go through all the different uh, all the different transactions that take place, all the different teams that cut players that you know, there's a reminder that I think is necessary at this time of year that there are no really such thing as final cuts, right? Like they can Julius Chestnut may not be on the roster a month from now, right? That no cuts are final; they don't stop just because we've passed the uh, the deadline to get down to 53. Uh, the cut down to 53 by today is the initial roster not a permanent fixture uh they are you know rosters are always fluid fluid in the nfl and the titans roster is no different so just something to keep in mind to say on the front end like just because this is what it looks like right now is not what it will look like moving forward so uh again going through the notable ones des fitzpatrick being off the roster is significant julius chestnut being on the roster is significant. I think Theo Jackson really didn't show much to kind of win that third safety job in this Titans defense. Uh, Certainly Tyree Gillespie or Adrian Colbert were were unsatisfactory as well. Ugo Amati, who just basically got here off the street via trade uh, with the Philadelphia Eagles, he is on the active roster and 
uh, appears to have done well enough in the preseason game on a short week to stick around for a little while longer. Now, with all these different things, I want to ask you this question on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. In fact, it's your Two Rivers Ford take, as we do at the start of every show. Which Titans player still on the roster surprises you the most? We'll talk about it together on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. We'll go through a couple of names that I think are of significance right after I tell you about Two Rivers Ford since 1983. That's nearly 40 years in Middle Tennessee, kids. Two Rivers Ford has been making it happen. They always make the car buying experience fun and easy for you. Buying a vehicle may not be the most fun experience that you've ever had. You haven't shopped with Two Rivers Ford yet if you feel that that is the case. Their sales staff, they don't work on commission, which means you experience no pressure at any point because they're going to make their paycheck whether they sell you a car that day or not. Two Rivers Ford always delivers no matter how you like to shop, whether you want to build your next Ford the way that I did, have it manufactured by Two Rivers and delivered right to your door, or check out any of their new or pre-owned vehicle inventory, one of the state's largest selections in Mount Julian, or online at tworiversford.com. So, surprises that they're still on the roster. Who kind of jumps out to you? Kyle Severin says Trey Avery over somebody like Chris Jackson or Greg Maven, who's obviously been in this defense for some time. Um, you know, I had said, we did an on-air roster prediction um, in the last hour of the radio show today. And I had Trey Avery in over Chris Jackson. Now, worth noting that with Laurel Murchison and Chris Jackson off the roster, we'll see who gets brought back on practice broad, who, who, who excuse me, clears waivers. But that only leaves one player from the 2020 class left on this active roster right now. Christian Fulton is the lone survivor from the 2020 COVID draft class. No Isaiah Wilson, no Darrington Evans, no Laurel Murchison, no Cole McDonald, no Chris Jackson. All these dudes have just been swept out the club by John Robinson. In fact, I tweeted a, a clip from uh, the Godfather earlier of, of Michael Corleone and Fredo, right? Where John Robinson is Michael Corleone and Fredo is the 2020 draft class. And Michael Corleone is John Robinson grabbing the 2020 draft class by the back of the neck and saying, you broke my heart. You broke my heart. That's what happened with the COVID class that is all the way out the door just about at this point. Now, Christian Fulton is, appears to be a good player for you. And he's, you know, I think he's currently the top corner on the roster. Although McCreary, I think, is uh, going to be good. Because what G-Man on base says is, is it doesn't look good on Robinson. Yeah, but here's the thing, okay? And it's it's not excusable to have that low of a hit rate on a draft class. It's not. There's no question. Um, I think if it's going to happen, it's going to happen in the COVID class. There's no disputing that a lot of people whiffed when the evaluation process changed basically overnight due to the pandemic. Um, these can be excuses. These can be legitimate factors as to why things didn't pan out. I think that in a uh, in a certain situation, you would have to look at it through the context of, okay, they survived, the Titans did, off the 2019 draft class for quite some time, right? And the bill is getting ready to come due on that. 2020 outright, you know, almost outright wash, Fulton being the lone exception. 2021, all right, there are still some, there's obvious, you know, things like Dylan Radens are unacceptable and Caleb Farley has not won a starting job as of right now. 
So you look at the other contributors in that draft class, guys like Racing McMath, Des Fitzpatrick, 2021 doesn't look that hot either. But what happens in 2022? It looks like they've hit on, uh, well, we'll see about Burks, but it looks like they have hit on a fair amount of players where you're looking at Traylon Burks, Kyle Phillips, Nick Petit-Frere, who's going to start for you right out the gate. Uh, you've got players like Chigakonkwo and Hassan Haskins, who both feature or will factor into this offense in some form or fashion. So draft classes are often feast or famine. Um, and and I think when you, you know, you, you wouldn't like it to be so drastically different from year over year as it has been for the Titans. And, and certainly uh, it's ebbed a lot more than it's flowed in recent uh, in recent memory. But, um, you know, Roger McCreary is going to obviously start in this defense. This this appears to be a draft class that is going to make up for the last two. Like I said, you you would like a little more level-headedness throughout the drafts. Maybe you do, maybe you don't want so much feast or famine from one to the next, but such is the nature of an imperfect science like player evaluation in the NFL. And uh, and I think that while you, it is fair to criticize John Robinson for the 2020 class, and we will do so probably at greater length uh, on the radio show tomorrow, but like, you know, I mean, William Young says it well. Looks like the Titans didn't know how to interview players over Zoom, COVID time players. It is it is an excuse, and you can let him off the hook for that or you can not let him off the hook for that. But I will say to you that every, every NFL team had difficulty scouting talent in 2020 because of how drastically the rules changed like that. Had to change like that. And everybody kind of survived the way that they did. Uh, I guess at this point, you look at the situation and say, all right, at least Fulton is a player, a starter, and looks like he has Pro Bowl potential based off uh, a sample size this year. I'd like to see improved consistency, but there's no disputing that Christian Fulton is going to be a talented player for this defense. Um, Now, as far as like surprises that they're still there, yeah, man, Julius Chestnut on the roster. Here's what I'll say. It it both does and does not surprise me. It does surprise me because he's a running back and you've got four backs now on the active roster. We'll see if that changes at all throughout the course of the season. It li- It is likely to do so. What doesn't surprise me about it is this guy clearly embodies everything that they believe is a coaching staff. And, you know, guys like Mason Kinsey and Cody Hollister have also survived. Nick Westbrook-Akina have also survived because they have shown things to the coaching staff that have made them useful, that have made them worth it, that have proven that they're not going to take their opportunities for granted. So uh, with Julius Chestnut, I get it, even though the math to me is kind of wonky with five backs. Uh, I felt well. Um, things didn't go as planned as a, as a team standpoint, but um, got to get a credit to Baltimore. Uh, they did a great job. So. Uh, just try to come out next week and do better than we did today. Obviously, the result is you want to win, obviously, and you don't want to have turnovers and things like that, but can they be net positive experiences in a situation like this where it's just exhibition? Absolutely. Um, you, you can see some strides in, in, the, in, the, in the team as a unit, but you know we just didn't compete to the, to the level that we know we could. So... Uh, you can definitely see some strides in the in a positive way, but you know it's not what we're looking for. Coach Rabel said that you earned the right to start this game. In your opinion, like what have you done in order to be able to to earn just that? Uh, I just try to come in every day and compete. You know, so uh, it's a it's a 
it's a very good room we got. So, you know, uh, we, we just got to come in every day as a, as a unit and compete together. So uh, I'm just trying to do the best I can. What was going through your mind after the fumble and then also before you had the long run to kind of bounce back? Yeah, you know, uh, after, after you have a fumble, you know, it, 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 it runs through your mind a little bit. But, you know, as a, as a team, that's what, that's what they did for us. So, and, and, they, and they on my back, you know, let it go, let it go. Uh, next play, do your thing when you get a chance. So, you know, I just, just try to come back and then get get a, get a couple good runs and the old line helped me out. You know, so uh, I was able to I was able to do what happened. So that's Julius Chestnut, um, who made the Titans' active roster, the initial roster. And we'll see what happens with the waiver wire process tomorrow once these players have or have not cleared the waivers at this point. So with all this being said, and that, by the way, was a conversation that I had with him in the locker room, uh, and I think Teron was a part of that scrum. I think I heard TD's voice and maybe somebody else. Uh, But that was in Baltimore after the Ravens preseason game where, of course, he had the fumble. They kept him in. uh, Running back Tony Dews, uh, running back coach Tony Dews kept him in the game. He goes out. He continues to make plays. They love the way he runs. They love his effort. They love his energy. And so now um, here we have a situation where the Titans have five backs on the roster. Now, uh, the wide receivers, because I saw this report from Terry McCormick, and I, I haven't been able to verify it myself. And, you know, Terry Terry is credible, so it's not like I need to do – I mean, I think it would be beneficial if I did my own independent vetting on this Racy McMath situation. But – Terry reported that the Titans may put Racy on IR, um, which surprised me, but there might have been something that I missed uh, because I got tagged in that tweet several times today, which would then mean that the Titans have four wide receivers on the roster. Uh, NWI, uh, you would have Robert Woods, Traylon Burks, and Kyle Phillips. Now, practice squad guys... uh, are still an option um, to have four wide receivers is uh, living rather dangerously, I would say. Now, I, I had a lot of people ask me the question, do I believe that it will be, uh, do I believe that it means that automatically they're, they're going to pick up a veteran wide receiver? And I would say to you, no, it does not necessarily mean that. Now they could, they could go out and do that. It's entirely possible um, that they could go through the situation like that and find somebody who's made available after these roster cuts and think that they're a good fit and then they'll make the move to put racy on ir if that is indeed the case and add a player um but like you know i i they and they also they it's worth noting it's worth noting that they did clear up a little bit of money it's not a lot of money and by the way some of this money is still going to have to go to practice squad players but like they did save about two million dollars in the release of brett kern so that's not insignificant either now Given the wide receiver market, if you went up to T.Y. Hilton or Will Fuller and said, "Hey, I got about a, I got a, I got like one point five for you in a one-year deal, and maybe up to three with incentives, depending on how this thing goes," those kind of players are going to look at you and be like, "Yeah, bleep off, man! Like that's that's not how this is going to work." And also, those guys aren't getting jobs from other teams either. So the the thirst for Will Fuller in particular is something that I just do not understand for the life of me. Um, but you know, whatever makes you happy. Now, I think that, I think that it's more likely to look like guys on your practice squad who know your system. If Des clears waivers, I bet Des is still on the practice squad. 
uh, I would bet Hollister is still on the practice squad. Like, just because these guys are initially released does not mean that they are outright done with this team. They have shown, the Titans have, and the coaching staff, that they would prefer people who already have knowledge of the system to be able to pull from that pool of players off the practice squad because they're already in the building. They know the language. They've been around for a while. To be able to pull from that pool of talent and say, okay, you you are as close to a ready-to-go thing as humanly possible. Um, but yeah, four wide receivers is... Uh, Four wide receivers is is a is just optically a tough look, given how already thin everybody thought their wide receivers to be. Now I didn't think they were going to keep more than five anyway, um, but I also thought that there was a decent chance that Woodside might make it in the initial going. Right, that Woodside uh, and to Malik Willis's credit, by the way, Malik Willis went out and won that backup quarterback job, and all the credit in the world to him. That's a good. That's a good uh, progression by him. It's good work by the coaching staff. And uh, I think that that kind of changes the math on a couple of different things. So I would say, um, I would say that your your additions of wide receivers, I wouldn't like. I wouldn't. I wouldn't anticipate anything of great significance. Like this guy that you traded for yesterday, about a half hour before primetime started, Dennis Daly. Like that's about the caliber of player that you're going to bring in right now. Um, because they're cost-effective for a team that's up against the cap, as yours is. They don't have to move money around to future years to make it work. Um, maybe you think that the Titans should be doing more of that. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I would say to you, based on what I know about their front office, what I know of their coaching staff, and what I know of the way that they like to handle players, is that it's probably not going to happen that way. So, um, like I said, I don't think there's a guarantee. Uh, I don't think there's a, a particular guarantee that it goes down um, you know, that it goes down one way or the other uh, with a veteran option that is recognizable to you, but I would say it is less likely to go in that direction. David Dandy says, I'm surprised that Theo Jackson got cut. I, I, why? Like, what, what did you see? What did you see from him uh, in, in the preseason that would indicate? And like, you know, I've watched him every day at practice. It's not like he's, and it's, you know, this is not, I'm not out. I'm not trying to take Theo out. Like, I think it's a cool story. He's a local kid. He played at Tennessee, and then he got an opportunity with the uh, with the the local professional team. And if he ends up practice squad, that's uh, it continues on. Or if he ends up on another NFL roster with an opportunity, but there was nothing um, nothing out there uh, from Theo that would you know surprise me about the idea that he wasn't on the roster. I think that uh, you know he's a six round pick. Like plenty of six round picks don't make the roster. Um, but it's clear that they've continued to look for improved safety depth. I uh, I think uh, both Jacksons were bad, says G-Man on base. Yeah, Chris Jackson did not have a good training camp or preseason. That is certain. And he also dealt with a knee injury. Um, but, you know, that's how it goes. Percy Sledge says just because he's from the area doesn't mean he should make the team. That's what I'm saying. Like, I, it's not that he can't play, but he wasn't good enough. And he didn't pick up the the things that he needed to in the defense to latch on on the initial roster and maybe he ends up back with the team in some form or fashion who knows but like you know i mean i'm not i'm not sweating the idea uh that that Theo Jackson isn't playing for the Titans this year um i did not see anything that jumped out to me that would warrant a place above uh Lonnie Johnson Jr for example who did frequently and more often pop or you know i you could easily locate him around the football 
when will the practice squad roster come out, says Karen O'Keefe. So they they have to clear waivers, and I think I think the waiver order will conclude right about transaction time tomorrow. So that should be ballpark 3 p.m. Central time. I don't know the exact timeline on that, Karen, but it'll be later. Uh, it'll be later in the afternoon uh, when they put out when they at least release the practice squad. They'll be putting it together all day tomorrow. Uh, like that they cut Kinsey says Hunter Addison. Don't understand cutting a ninny. Um, well, like you know, I mean, if he's not a core special teams player, he was he was having success against like threes and fours in the ends of preseason game, and I think that's all well and good, but. That doesn't necessarily translate to success against, I mean, who are they going to play? And Andrew Thomas, who's a former first-round pick of the New York Giants. Like, you're not going to put David Anini out there against Andrew Thomas. Um, it's just he's not going to give you reasonable snaps. It's not like – it's like Derek Roberson a couple of years ago, the UDFA. And that would – Roberson honestly had a higher ceiling than Anini um, and showed about the same kind of stuff in the preseason, right? Now – like I said, there's a place for those dudes, and they come in off the street, and they 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 may come in and make a play. Roberson, I think, had a had like a two sack game against Drew Brees and the Saints. The Titans ended up losing that game, but you get my point. Like, there's th- those guys reemerge from time to time, but again, just because you notice them in the preseason um, against fours and fives, guys who are also not going to be on NFL rosters, does not mean that that is good enough for him to be on an active roster once these things uh, go through the process. All right. So that is, so as far as surprises who are still on it, Chestnut was probably the most surprising to me. Um, but looking, uh, and, uh, and honestly, Deshaun hand, who was less surprising, but I, uh, I was, it was curious to see that he did make it because I know it's been kind of, kind of, uh, congested in that defensive line group, but that's good. You, it sounds like you've had good competition there throughout the course of camp. All right, let's move on and let us discuss on this Tuesday evening. Uh, which Titans position group do you still have the most questions about? Let me know on Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, and Twitch. Uh, we'll discuss at length together. Evan Gunther says, wasn't that the infamous Khalif Raymond concussion no call? Yeah, Titans could have well won that game had they called uh, a uh, a um, a targeting penalty on the Saints defensive back. I can't remember who the DB was that just absolutely cold cocked Khalif Raymond. Um, but yes, that is something to keep in mind. Tyler Peak. also before we move on to uh, to uh, position groups that you still have questions about, and go ahead and fill in as you like, Tyler Peek up, uh, Peek on Facebook brings up Danico Autry. Danico Autry is dealing with something. I don't know what the longevity of it is, but he hasn't practiced in over a month. So, you know, something to keep in mind. I, I think that, you know, you if when Autry comes back, if they do anything with Autry, I don't know that he's an IR candidate right now. All I know is that he's just outright not practicing and rehabbing. Um, so there's clearly something going on there. And it's beneficial for the Titans this year that they have that kind of, it seems, quality depth along the defensive line to kind of ease the burden of that while uh, Autry gets up to speed. But there's no question that Danico Autry was, I mean, I really do think that he was the most important piece to kind of set things off. For that Titans front, like obviously Jeff is great, Harold is talented, Bud is probably going to be improved year over year. But um, you know, Autry is the thing that really sprung all three of those guys loose at certain points and made things um, much easier for Simmons to have one-on-one opportunities and Harold to have one-on-one opportunities and and Autry himself getting one-on-one opportunities that he was able to win. 
Caesar uh, uh, says, I hate how the Titans never tell us about injury. Yeah. Well, as long as Mike Vrabel's the coach, you're, you're, uh, it's, it's never happening. <laughs> it's just never going to happen. Um, you know, I mean, it's every once in a while we'll still ask, but yeah, largely it's, largely it's just like, all right, Mike, whatever. Let's keep it moving. Uh, all right. Let us move on to the position group that you still have questions about. We'll talk about it together right after I tell you about our friends at Superbook Sports. Superbook Sports, where you go from Nashville to Knoxville, everywhere around the country, where you can bet on sports. Superbook Sports is the place for you. They have lines available right now for every NFL game of the regular season. You can bet week one. You can bet week 18 right now with the Superbook Sports app. They also have incredible odds boosts on all the local teams. Titans, Vols, Vols kick off Thursday, by the way. And for what it's worth, um, I'm giving away uh, four pair or uh, two pair of tickets to that game against Ball State on my Instagram right now. But regardless, if you can't go to the game, you don't have to go to the game to enjoy all the football this fall. Bet in the Superbook Sports app. Terms and conditions, go to Superbook.com. Gambling problem, call the Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-889-9789. So, where do you still have questions about this football team? Uh, Kyle Severin says, inside linebacker depth. So, Dylan Cole made it. Chance Campbell made it. Jack Gibbons and Joe Jones were both waived today. Uh, I think that without Monty Rice for the first, at least the first four games of the season, that is probably your weakest position group that kind of jumps off the screen to me. They have, uh, they have so few, uh, they have so few players at that position that they're just going to have to make do with what they've got. You can't, I mean, Zach Cunningham doesn't play on third down or not, uh, Zach Cunningham. Yeah. Zach Cunningham. Um, sorry. I don't know why I, I was thinking of another Vandy inside linebacker, Oren Burks, and I got confused which one was on the Titans roster for a hot second, but anyway, Cunningham, doesn't play on third down. So, you know, it's not like he's exhausting himself playing 100% of the snaps. David Long plays a great deal of the snaps because they'll leave him in uh, when they uh, when they go into nickel and dime situations because he he is the far better cover player. Uh, inside linebacker by far and away is what I think would be their weakest stuff. But offensive line depth, like, you know, everybody's offensive line depth is, is bad. You know, it's like everybody – nobody has a good – well – let me not say that because now I think the 49ers have a good backup quarterback in Jimmy G. Um, but like teams don't have like good, good backup quarterbacks. Teams have even worse backup offensive linemen just collectively across the league. It's a problem. But I did see a familiar face get released today by the Indianapolis Colts. I haven't called him yet. Perhaps we'll do that live on the air. I haven't decided how I want to approach this. But Dennis Kelly is available for the Titans. Fake the handoff, Tannehill, wide open, touchdown, Dennis Kelly, eligible on the play. And it's a big man TD. A little redemption for Kelly. Remember the sack he gave up on his first play, filling in for Lawan. But here he is, lined up as a tight end. Comes off the line of scrimmage, blocks on Allen, then slips to the back of the end zone. And 
bring me the undertaker make the call buck i uh you know dennis is somebody who i very much enjoy talking shit to so perhaps i'll wait until uh you know until like 24 hours have passed before i start talking shit again given that he's just been released and he's probably not feeling great about it as most players on roster cut day do but i would be curious to know if he's interested in coming back here because certainly his brother is still here and where they i mean they are they are really bad as far as their offensive line depth is concerned. Um, now, listen, I, I don't know. I don't know that Dennis is like clearly and obviously better than like Nick Petit. For, like, I don't think Dennis is a better player right now at this stage in his career um, than Nick Petit Frere. But I do think um, I do think that it's worth a look, assuming that he's healthy. Now, I don't know what the status of Dennis's health is. Uh, I saw somebody mention earlier that there was a report about him having surgery. I haven't seen anything to that effect, so I cannot confirm or, or deny. I, I just, I don't know the, I don't know the details on that situation. Uh, Chris Frazier says that Terry, Terry McCormick said it's a long shot. Um, I, I, I didn't see the tweet from Terry. Like I said, I haven't talked to Dennis yet, but I will, uh, I will be sure to do that later on. I just think it's interesting. I think it's interesting. Um, and kind of worth keeping an eye out for at this point. Okay. Very good. So let's wrap things up with a gone viral video. Offensive line depth is also a question for me. Uh, if that was not made obvious at this point from what the Titans are dealing with. Uh, okay. Final segment for us on this Tuesday night. What should the NFL Replace the Pro Bowl game with? It's a simple question. I want to know what you think the NFL should replace the Pro Bowl with. They're talking about getting rid of the Pro Bowl. I hope, for uh, the love of God, I hope they get rid of the Pro Bowl. The Pro Bowl is a suffering that I wish I did not have to pay attention to. But, you know, if Titans are playing in the Pro Bowl, then I'm going to inherently have to pay attention to what they did in the Pro Bowl, which I don't like. But if they got rid of the Pro Bowl, what would you replace it with? We have a good nominee. and We're going to talk about that with you together right after I remind you about our friends at the Ashton Real Estate Group of Remax Advantage. The Intel Edge, that's what Gary Ashton will give you to succeed in this red-hot Nashville real estate market. That Intel will help you sell your home without any showings or staging. It'll help you find your next home while you're selling your current one, even in this crazy real estate market. It will help you win the buyer battle and cash in on your home equity right now. GaryAshton.com is the place you go for the Intel Edge. They're the official real estate agent of the Nashville Predators. They're the official real estate agent of me, GaryAshton.com, for more information on the Intel you need to succeed. So, what should they replace the Pro Bowl with? An extra playoff game, says Brian Malone. Yeah, of course, that's not going to happen. The, the players would outright riot. Um, uh, play it in Italy, says the GOAT CJ2K. I don't know why Italy specifically, but that's an interesting nominee. Evan Gunther says flag football. Why on earth would you? I don't want to watch them play two-hand touch football. I wanna, I'm going to watch them play flag football? Stop it. There are really no good solutions for the Pro Bowl in its current iteration. So I say scrap it all together. I say get rid of the Pro Bowl. Figure out another way to incentivize players if the Pro Bowl selections are in their contracts as you know, uh, a contract what are they called milestones for them to be able to achieve and make more money off of if they uh, accumulate accolades, get rid of the pro bowl, take the pro players out of it, make it mascots versus kids.
Mascots versus children. The entertainment value that we all need. Orlando says, mascot said, F them kids. That's right. F them kids. <laughs> You're on A to Z Sports Prime Time. All right. Uh, it's been a fun one. We're going to have a good time on the radio show tomorrow. Titans back on the practice field. Uh, we will go into uh, a lot of detail on week one college football matchups. Ohio State. Notre Dame, Utah, and Florida, a lot of fun games, FSU and LSU uh, with our buddy Mike Felder. It's going to be a lot of fun on the radio show from 10 to 1 on 104.5 The Zone. Uh, Bloxville, Tennessee says, Theo Jackson is way better than Chris Jackson. Every time Chris Jackson is on the field, there will be a big play put up on him until he checks out of the game. Um, well, maybe that's so, but neither of them are on the roster, so you don't have to worry about it either way because apparently they're both not good enough to make it on the roster, and that is how these things go. Uh, talk to you guys tomorrow at 10 a.m. on 104.5 The Zone, and if not, on primetime tomorrow night. There's Matt All right, Cleaver. we haven't scored a point since I came in here. I am gone, guys. What? what that's but, it? But we got a couple more questions. No, nope, that's right. it. <laughs> Peace out by the GM. <laughs> <laughs>